For the record, I've never actually played the Max Payne series. This was my first exposure to the franchise. And I actually really wanted to pick it up when Max Payne 3 came out. And a lot of people said, nah, you need to play the first one. I'm like, nah, I guess. Um, and then, you know, it was suggested for the ruminations, and hey, why not, right? So here I am, having played through it, and I'm left with one definitive conclusion. This game is weirdly good. Like, I don't have much in far, as far as specifics to point out, but I had fun pretty much the entire time through. The bullet time effect really helps, I think. If not for the bullet time effect, I'm pretty sure this game would have pissed me off, because you're basically playing a gas, glass cannon. You go through, enemies have more health than you do, and there's almost always more than one of them, but you can bullet time and literally dodge bullets, and you can do that fairly frequently at your own command, too, which apparently was not one of the original intents of the game. They were going to make it so, like, at scripted moments you got bullet time and whatnot. I'm glad they went with the choice version instead. But as I was going through it, it just felt fun. Like, they had some reasonably good level design, too. Uh, one of the things I noticed is there's a lot of areas where you have the availability to get the drop on the enemy. Like, they specifically designed it so they're not aware of you until you bust in, and so you get a few shots uh, early. Which really helps you to even the score out, especially as I aforementioned, the game's kind of slanted in terms of stats towards the enemies. I also noticed that there were a lot of really cool little set pieces here and there that helped flesh it out. Probably my personal favorite is when you're going up the elevator. This is pretty far late in the game, uh, obviously. You know, I remember this because I just played this, you know, so I just finished this. But when you're going up the elevator and you have to look for the bombs, right, in the elevator shaft and shoot them before you get to them so you don't you know, blow up the elevator. That was really cool stuff. It reminded me in many ways of Half-Life, which I know sounds like a weird statement, but what I mean by that is Half-Life was a first-person shooter but was notable because of its quality. It's not like the fact that it was a first-person shooter is why it succeeded, it succeeded because, because they put a lot of time and effort into the specific details of the game. And I feel like that's what happened here, too. Um, funnily enough, I'm not really a huge fan of Remedy. In fact, I think this might actually be the first Remedy game I've played that I could really say I love. But then again, I haven't played a lot of their stuff, so who knows. Maybe they just really liked it and really wanted to go with it. I've also received uh, conflicting accounts as to which came first. The Matrix or this Matrix or the development of this game. Now, I say that very specifically because obviously the game came later, but I don't know if they started doing the bullet time thing in the making of The Matrix before they started working on this game, because both of those happened in the late 90s. I don't think it matters in the end uh, uh, equation. But yes, this is now, like, what, the third or fourth game we've talked about where we have a slow mode thing. We had it in Jade Empire. We had it in Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I think there's a, a mode like that in Sleeping Dogs as well, which is a game I'm really looking forward to playing, consequently. But anyways, I also want to give praise to the camera. I know that's a weird thing to bring up, but anybody who's played any game, especially an older game, any game that came out in the PS1 or PS2 era knows that cameras can suck. And in several cases, camera control can actually be so aggravating as to be an antagonist for your overall gameplay experience. But in this game... I actually felt the camera was really smooth. There were no points where it's like, ah, oh, come on, I just want to see what's around this corner, goddammit. You know, I didn't have that problem throughout. No issues, which was really nice. I also like that, um, in addition to the fact that it uses checkpoints, <laughs> yay, you know, the Grand Theft Auto problem there, another recurring trend I've noticed, they also have, like, this thing where you're just reset to full health and full status after reloading a checkpoint. That proved very useful in several occasions. Um, for those not curious, I actually played through a fairly large amount of this game without cheating until it got to the point where I basically reached the final showdown. It's like, okay, this is taking forever. Chukong. 
But I got all the way up to that point, uh, especially on the value of the Berettos. In fact, the moment I was able to dual-wield, you know, Akimbo Berettos, most of the game was just like, yep, I got this. You know, occasionally I had to bring up something bigger. But that was pretty much my bread and butter until I got the Colt later on, because, I mean, it's a Colt, what do you want from me? Um, I also really wanted to use the Ingrams more. Something about that just didn't gel with me. I'm not sure what it was. I also have to admit that the 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 usage of quick saves this is probably one of my only complaints about the gameplay i mentioned the difficulty of the game and one of the things i feel like they leaned a little bit heavily on is the idea that you would be using bullet time very precisely and carefully and that you would be quick saving constantly so i mentioned i was breezing through the game i should also that's not bragging uh, it's more like i was breezing through the game while dying constantly this is another way that this related to Half-Life. You know, you get to a particular jump puzzle, and it's like, I save, jump, die, jump, die, jump, die, jump, die, jump. Okay, you made it. I had kind of the same experience here. Save before, you know, busting into a particular room or going down a particular hallway. It's like, oh, I'm dead. Okay. I'm dead. Okay. Okay, I got him this time. Save. I was mashing that quick save button pretty much the whole playthrough. I cannot imagine playing this on console, by the way. I would not want to do that. Like, aiming doesn't seem like a problem, because most of your enemies are on the same Z-axis as you, so you just aim straight, with only a few exceptions. But just having to... You know, I don't even know how quick saves work in the console version, actually, now that I think about it. But anyways... Um, hmm. I'm going to... Let's go ahead and segue this a little bit here. Let's talk about the narration. One of the things that I really actually liked about this, way more than I thought it would, was how much narration was going on. Now, I don't mean just the comic book things. I'll talk about that in a second. I mean, like, you stumble across something, and then you just found a pack stack of papers laid out as though the hurricane had blown through and tossed a new realm of... Goddamn, the, the writing in this game. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll talk about that in a second. But what I mentioned is... I got vibes of the uh, of Bastion. You remember the game Bastion? I actually covered that for the show. Uh, it's a relatively more recent game, so obviously Bastion is not the originator of it. But same overall vibe. Uh, the idea that he is narrating your gameplay, weirdly enough, just kind of added something to me for the whole experience. And I, re I found myself very much enjoying that uh, as I was going through. It added that layer of... I don't know, like like this pseudo-meta-noir thing going on. It was really good. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I also loved the comic book presentation of Shikung, yeah. And you've got the text on your own screen. And then they're actually voice acting it. Good sound design. A lot of good uh, radio techniques used to make it sound like whatever was supposed to be happening was actually happening in the background. That was good stuff. And I also very much enjoyed the usage of actual people in, you know, actual poses. And I also feel like it was a brave choice because this is the PS2 era when this came out, right? This is 2001. And the technology wasn't really there yet to really do fully fleshed out, awesome, well-animated, motion-captured cutscenes yet. That, that That's years on at this point. So doing this enabled them to have quality cutscenes without having to sacrifice that much in terms of budget. It was a very inspired choice, and I think it adds wonderful flavor to the game. And I want to talk a little bit more about that point, because 
it reminds me of Zelda Wind Waker, which I know is a weird parallel, but let me try and explain this a little bit. Given the graphics of the time, given the you know PS2 cutscene issues, right? Like if you look at some of the older games where they do in-game cutscenes, they look they look kind of bad, right? And they haven't really aged all that well. In some cases, they're remastered or remade or whatever to make them better. But for the most part, we look at it, it's just like, bleh. <clears throat> Here, by using this stylized comic book presentation with the person and the posing and the kind of art filter over it and all that stuff, it ages much better than it otherwise would, which is why I say Wind Waker. It's stylized. By going for this extremely stylized presentation to its storytelling, to its cutscenes, I should say more accurately, it aged great. In fact, it's actually kind of jarring to go from something that, in my opinion, looks just fine now, the comic book cutscenes, to the actual game, which looks like a PS2 game. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not complaining per se, quite the contrary. I think it was, I think it was awesome. And I wanted to add a little bit more thought uh, and concept to that. One other thing I want to comment on. If it's not obvious, I had to edit out some of this because of uh, dog issues, and then someone showed up at the door, and I had to go deal with that. Uh, so I came back, and then I started talking, and I missed, I skipped something. So this is me filling in the gap there, because I, I skipped something in my notes here. But I do want to share something really quick. This is probably one of my shortest ruminations ever. But that's not an indicative of quality, because I really, really liked my time through this game. But the problem is, if I was rating this in terms of story, I'd probably give it, like, two pluses to story, maybe three, and that's it. Probably just the two. Because there's just nothing that engaging about the story itself. Okay, so, you know, there's there's this plot, and drugs, and revenge, and... That's not the enjoyable part. The enjoyable part is the presentation. The enjoyable part is the narration. The enjoyable part is the combat, and the quick save, and the reload, and the bullet time. The enjoyable part is the comic book style thing. You know, it's all good stuff, but the story itself... I've just got nothing there. You know, there's Woden, and there's Horn, and then there's uh, Vinny, I want to say, are pretty much the only characters that I remember with any distinction other than Max himself. So I do apologize, and I hope you don't take the short uh, stance, the, whole, the short length of this video as indicative of quality. I know some people do that, and that is absolutely not true. I just don't have much to talk about. But let's cut back to me in the past for where I cho chopped off when I came back from the door. So... And that brings me to the next thing I wanted to say about this game. This is probably one of the most immediate examples of Flash Gordon effect I've seen in a long time. The completely unashamed, open embracing of all of the cliches and all of the noir genre and all of the, oh yeah, the, the, the grizzled whisper of the person who's trying to get across just how terrible it is, and the overwhelming use of uh, metaphors and similes. Like, I sometimes wonder if Max actually has the ability to say anything straight. Ah, oh, I stubbed my toe. No, he doesn't say that. He says, the pain lancing through my foot was indicative of the most terrifying aspects of both uh, the human condition and the great trickle of mortality that was bleeding down on the, on the sidewalk at the moment. You know, he doesn't say that. He just does it. I love it, though. I love it for the same reason I enjoy Flash Gordon Effect in general. It was good. It was embracing it unashamedly, unabashedly, and that helped tremendously for my enjoyment of the story. Because the story is so basic, I actually have very little to say about it. Like, okay, evil drug, okay, plot. And there's a couple characters that are there, most of whom I barely remember. <laughs> 
you know, and you're just killing your way up this crime family. Max himself is, of course, the most notable character. Uh, but there's one other thing I noticed that really helped add to my enjoyment of the game, and that's the levity. This game f takes itself seriously, but not too seriously, and is unafraid to joke. Uh, the There's this one section I will never forget that actually made me just stop and burst out laughing, where I go into an elevator and it's like, da 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 and I'm just like, oh my god. I just got out of this massive gunfight of doom, and the first, like, five minutes of the game involves everyone I know and care about dying horrifically. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, little comics that you keep seeing, the, the, the calling card. Of uh, of the baseball guy, I can't even think of his name, and the fact that they actually bothered to voice act and do sound for them, and the TV show Lords and Ladies, but the best example by far was the banter. There are so many times where the mooks. I got to the point where I'd come up to a room and I'd just sit there and listen because the mooks would be talking and chatting, and it was all good stuff, and almost all of it was funny too. Like I want to give huge praise to whoever wrote all of the mook dialogue throughout the course of the game. It's like, oh, this is awesome, and ah, come on, kick the kick the vending machine, kick the, oh, it's gonna kick back, you know. It was good across the board. I loved it. Uh, you know, there's another one. Why are vampire movies always set in L.A. and Mexico? I swear, you know, I loved it. I also, uh, I wrote down one of my favorite metaphors and similes that was in this game. Uh, <clears throat> I was already so far past the point of no return, I couldn't remember what it looked like when I passed it. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. It's, it's wonderful. It is wonderfully cheesy, and that's what I like about it. I also like, uh, one of the things I mentioned... Uh, in my notes here, <laughs> so obviously I'm going to mention it to you, is that Max felt like someone who was fully suicidal. That he was just fully accepting of the idea that it was over, and he was at the mentality of, all right, well, my wife and child are dead. My buddy is dead. My boss, really. Um, yeah, I'm going to go kill as many people as I can before I go down. And I think that lasted pretty much right up until he started learning the truth about what happened with his family's death three years ago. And, uh, uh, what's her name? Horn. Miss Horn. And I was like, oh, okay, Miss Valkyr, right? Yes. And then he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll keep going. Like, because his tone and his mentality seems to change noticeably at that point. Because at that point, it's like, all right, well, now I'm interested in winning, not merely accomplishing what I can. I also like how uh, there's a few moments where you almost feel like the game's going to go into a fantastical lean. What I mean by that is how many times can you think of a game, especially one like this, where it's like, you know, you're fighting regular people and you're fighting office people and you're fighting normal people and you're fighting soldiers and then aliens, right? Like, that was a very common trend, especially at this particular era in gaming, when this came out, 2001, like I said. Uh, or if it's not aliens, it's demons, or if it's demons, it's mages, or monsters, or whatever. There's always some fantastical chunk, right? Hell, even Deus Ex did that, kind of. So they have this section where we start fight, fight going after uh, Lopin or something like that? God, I can't actually think of his name. The crazy guy, the guy who's hopped up on the drugs. And, you know, there's these, oh, I shall call to the ancient force. And I'm like, oh, geez, okay, here we go. But no, it's just some guy who's crazy on drugs. I actually liked that. I appreciated that. I feel that for all the cheese I was consuming, uh, that might have been a little bit of an overload. Um, so we got the initials, uh, the inner circle thing. 
Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Just in case anyone thinks I missed it, yes, I get the extremely obvious parallels of this game to Ragnarok. I get it. Um, I don't have much to say about it. It's a fairly straight one-to-one thing. I mean, they're so on the nose with so much of the, the parallels that it's like, yeah, okay. But uh, I do have a couple things to say about two more things, and then I, that's all I got. Because it wasn't that even that long of a game. I just blazed through this one. First, I want to talk about Woden. Woden was actually probably one of the most interesting characters to me. Someone who was politically powerful, but also ineffectual, because he was being outmaneuvered by people who were better than him. But, unlike the people who were better than him, he understood the value of the people who were, shall we say, differently skilled than he was. Based on what I have learned in future games, it sounds like, and especially based on the ending of this game, it sounds like Woden did actually keep his bargain and kept Max free from the legal consequences of his actions. And that's the value. Woden can't do, go through and gun down an army and take out, you know, the, 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 the uh, I keep wanting to say I seer because I think that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. That's how it was told to me to be pronounced. Um, but they call it like Aesir or something like that. Anyways, the Aesir company, he can't do that. And Max, once he's done all that, can't protect himself legally from the consequence of his actions. Both of them make an excellent pairing in this respect. The, the Basically, political power and real power finding that kind of common ground. I've always liked it when a story does that properly. And I felt that Woden was one of the very few characters involved in this whole story who, to use my own terminology, had a brain. Now... The other thing I want to mention, though, really quick, is the inner circle. Is the last thing I got. There's this whole thing about the inner circle, and they don't really resolve this. I'm curious if future games really go into the inner circle. For the record, I'm also hoping that someday I get to play future games in this franchise, because this was a lot of fun. Um, the inner circle, I love the take on it. Now, this is just purely my impression. But I got the impression that the inner circle, at one point in time, was a massively powerful, politically connected conspiracy that has just kind of fallen apart over the years. Like, it's still there. They still have influence, they still have power, they still have finances, but they don't have... they're no longer the big players on the scene. Something is... there's just something wonderfully believable and grounded to me about the idea that some ancient order of some conspiracy could be usurped by the head of a corporation. I know that sounds weird, but something about that just clicks for me. Like, yeah, of course that's going to be... You know, she has access to all this wealth and resources and has a more progressive and modern mindset, the ability to adapt to the new circumstances, whereas the Order, the ancient inner circle, is probably doing everything he can to prevent that. You know, Deus Ex style, again. I keep, keep being reminded of Deus Ex. Unfortunately, I don't have anything else to add. This was a very fun game to go through. Not a lot to talk about. I do hope you've enjoyed, and I'll see you guys next time.